So finally we come to the end of Job. Yes, one more week. <laughs> this is it. And I just couldn't leave it. I just, I just couldn't leave it. It's, it's just so rich. It's, there's so much in this book. So much humanness in this book. So we'll save Bartimaeus for another time. So if you remember last Sunday, we talked about how God did show up for Job when Job was at his lowest in the whirlwind. But if you'll remember, God completely turned the tables on Job, and instead of doing the pastoral care thing where he sits down and leans in and listens intently to Job, God says, gird up your loins like a man, and I will question you. So what would you do with a one-on-one -on -one encounter with God? <laughs> Job has been granted just such a meeting by his creator. And as we know, Job expects perhaps an explanation of all the calamities he's experienced, some justification for his suffering. But in the moment, just the vision and presence of God is enough to make Job realize just how little he really understands. And this is the amazing part to me. What we learn is that God loves and trusts Job. Remember, God said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Do what you want to him and he will never turn against me. But God loves and trusts Job enough to, even at the end, show up for him. And we see that Job's whole attitude changes. It's like a light bulb going on. What a realization. So much so that Job, as he says, recants and relents, although we are not told to what. Maybe it's just that in the back of his mind, Job might have had some doubts, but we're not told, and Job certainly never speaks against God. I think it's mostly an acknowledgement. The one thing Job does say is he makes that reference to dust and ashes, and I think he's talking about not the ash heap that he sits in, but the fact that we are dust and ashes. The NRSV says, I sit in dust and ashes. But if you look at the Hebrew scripture, the Tanakh, it says, I am me being but dust and ashes, nothing but dust and ashes. But what Job realizes that, is that he, the creature who was loved and trusted the creator, is actually equally loved and cared for by the Creator in spite of Job's humanness and his great suffering. And in this moment, face to face with God, Job comes to see that God is God. And Job, and we by extension, are not. In fact, Job exclaims, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. How does seeing make the difference for Job? 
What does Job see? We are never told. It's impossible to put what Job has seen into human words. And sadly, sadly, we won't have the luxury of literally seeing God's face to face for a while. That's the challenge for us today because we sometimes feel like we've been left to our own devices. We sometimes feel all alone, bereft of God's presence. We want to know why, why suffering happens. But there's no discernible answer. Perhaps it's not that we cannot see, that sometimes we are afraid to look. We are afraid to confront the reality that, as I said last week, bad things happen to good people without any rhyme or reason. Premature death, accidents, violence, illness can happen to anyone at any time. And all we can do is take comfort in our relationships with our loved ones, with our friends, and with God. The last thing that God does with Job is to turn him back toward his friends. The very friends who had sat there in the ash heap with Job in his suffering, but who had also spoken wrongly about God's relationship with Job. And God commands that Job must pray for those friends. He must return to the community with empathy. He cannot remain isolated on the ash heap. When Job is able to reach beyond his own suffering and pray for his friends, who are kind of in trouble with God, he is able to take up his life again, albeit as a changed man. In a commentary on Job, I found this quote from a book by Erezim Kohak entitled The Embers and the Stars, a Philosophical Inquiry into the Moral Sense of Nature. Kohak writes, a human alone cannot bear the pain. He can do that only when the grief can disperse, radiate out, and be absorbed. Even fellow humans and their works bearing the same burden cannot absorb it. When humans no longer think themselves alone, when they discern the humility of their place in the vastness of God's creation, then that creation and its God can share the pain. When God speaks, not of pain, but of the vastness of creation, it is not God avoiding the issue. God is teaching Job the wisdom of bearing the pain that can neither be avoided nor abolished, but can be shared when there is a whole living creation to absorb it. Kohak continues, we humans can begin to understand the pain that cannot be avoided as a gift, which teaches compassion and opens understanding, opens us to receive in empathy the gift of the other. In the collect for today, we prayed, make us love what you command. Sometimes that language of God making us do something or commanding us is a little off-putting to some people. Let us remember the gist of the greatest commandment. 
love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. In other words, stay in relationship with God and with those around us. We may never see God in all that glory on this side of the veil, but we can and we do behold God in the beauty of God's creation and in the faces of the people we see every day. We still don't get a simple answer to the suffering of the innocent. Justice and righteousness and sin and obedience are still issues with which humankind must wrestle. But our relationship with God includes so much more than those moralistic things. We don't know why suffering happens. We just know that it does. And often it happens to innocent creatures. Job, in his suffering, experienced God in a way so real, so palpable, yet too deep to describe with mere human words. The most elegant poetry, the most sublime music, the most awe-inspiring art, even all creation itself, fails to adequately communicate who God is. The good news is that we do know that God is a God of grace who is with all of us Jobs throughout our ordeals and our suffering, who listens to us and who longs to be in relationship with us always. Amen.